0: Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, a podcast where we explore the origins and development of the DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and the Bronze Ages
1: of comics.
0: I'm Private Peter Watson.
1: (laughs) Ha! Ha ha! And I'm Sergeant David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Sit up at the back. Pay attention! Right. This week, we are back with the Batman family. We're doing issue 84 of The Brave and the Bold, which features Batman and Sergeant Rock. Mm Pete, say, when did you first encounter Sergeant Rock, one of DC Comics' most famous war comic characters?
0: I first encountered him through the XTC song, Sergeant Rock is Going to Help Me. Ah! (laughs) Genuinely, that's the first time I've heard of Sergeant Rock. There, I think it was in uh DC Comics Presents story that he appeared in with Superman Yes, much later on.
1: Which we're probably going to do, aren't we?
0: Yes, I would definitely shall, yeah.
1: Yeah, we're going to do it for a reason. The reason will become apparent, yeah.
0: Yeah, no then I found the Brave and Bold appearances after that, but what we'll about yourself?
1: Well, I remember seeing him on the spinner rack in the paper shop across the road from my my grandparents in John The superhero comics, like Super Friends and The Flash and The Justice League, mm-hmm. tended to be at the top, and... It would feed down towards The Unexpected and Jonah Hex. And a guy I always knew as the Uncon Soldier. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's one of those words, you saw it without reading it at the age of five. So eventually Mm. he was the Unknown Soldier and had my mum explain to me about the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And Sergeant Rock was also around the bottom of the the spinner rack. I don't remember having any comics at all with him when I was a kid. Like yourself, I remember the song by XTC. If this was the Power of Three, the Doctor Who podcast I'm still occasionally involved with, Kenny would probably want to play us out with that song. But we're not that podcast, so we won't. But I remember that song and thinking, oh, that's quite interesting. There's a song about Sergeant Rock. Yeah, that makes perfect Mm -hmm. sense. Of course there is. He's very, very, very interesting, and he's a really long-established, and I suppose, compared to some of the other war characters, he's certainly probably mm-hmm. the highest profile, I think. I mean, not, I mentioned the Unknown Soldier. Mm-hmm. Comic fans know the Unknown Soldier. They know about the Haunted Tank, and maybe dedicated comic fans might know about the Losers, but I think Sergeant Rock is one that's maybe just got that little bit more of a profile.
0: Yeah, more recognizability,
1: yeah. huh? I would say so. Some background, then, on Sergeant Rock for your listeners. Now, it's fair to say that Sergeant Rock is not a character who first appeared in the normal sense, you know, on the page, fully formed, and all set up with an origin and all that sort of stuff. Instead, he sort of evolved out of other characters and stories and situations. Now, a story that appeared in issue 28 of All American Men of War, published in October 1955, featured a soldier who was nicknamed The Rock, but his real name was Ernie Clark. It looks nothing like Sergeant Rock, as we know. A couple of years later, issue 61 of Our Army at War, published in June 1957, had a story called A Pigeon for Easy Company. And Easy Company, basically the military outfit, the troop, if you like, I suppose, that Sergeant Rock would become most associated with. So Easy Company's first sort of DC appearance, if you like, issue 61 of our Army at War. Another indomitable soldier in the mould of Ernie Clark appeared in a story called The Rock, which was in issue 68 of GI Combat. And I think that one has been reprinted a few times here and there as a clear Sergeant Rock prototype, that came out in November 1958 and it was drawn by Joe Cooper and written by Bob Ooh. Kaniger and there obviously, you know, mm-hmm. they would become a bit more associated with the Sarge. This guy looks a lot more like Sergeant Rock mm-hmm. the recognisable Sergeant Rock that everyone knows Issue 81 of Our Army at War, published in February 1959 then had another Kaniger story called The Rock of Easy Company and I'm pretty sure that's the one with the, the blue cover that was reprinted as a DC Comics millennial edition Oh yes, at the turn of the century mm-hmm. And this is very clearly much more a sort of definite prototype, Sergeant Rock, if you like. He's he's much more recognisable as the kind of red-haired, blocky character that everyone knows. But in this story, in All American 81, he's called Sergeant Rocky, not just Sergeant Rock. Interesting. There's another Easy Company story in issue 82 of Our Army at War. And it features a Sergeant Rock, but the story is more of a focus on the soldiers, Walker and Duggan. Sergeant Rock appears, but there's no real sense of a character. But then in issue 83, published on the 2nd of April, 1959, is the story that Robert Canninger himself describes as the first proper Sergeant Rock story. And I think if you were to look at that, you would agree. It's fair to say that this is the properly recognisable Sergeant Rock that, that ran for a long time. Mm-hmm. The magazine Our Army at War was renamed Sergeant Rock in issue 302, which was published in December 76. And the Sergeant Rock comic then continued all the way up until issue 422 in 1988. Quite a long published history, so really, properly, first appearing in 1959, and B&B 84, which we're doing today, was published on the 22nd of April, 1969. So Rock has been around for about 10 years at this point.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So although he's not technically a Golden Age character, his exploits were during World War Two, which is, of course, the Golden Age of comics. Yes. But there's an interesting, multiversal aspect to his appearances with Batman, especially in The Brave and the Bold, that we'll be covering as we go through the rest of the episodes.
1: Yes, I mean, this is what I alluded to when I said that there's a reason why we're going to do DC Comics Presents Issue 9 or 10, whichever one it is that Sergeant mm-hmm. Rock turns up in, because as Pete says, although Sergeant Rock didn't appear during World War II, he is rooted in World War II. You know, Kanegar asserts, and I'm told it's the latest page of Issue 374 of Sergeant Rock, that the final bullet that was fired in World War II killed Sergeant Rock. But then, obviously, we're doing this as you're brave and bold, which, as you will see, that couldn't really have been the case. So... Ultimately, the reason we're doing these stories is because Rock is anchored to World War II. And that's when the period in the Golden Age, when most of the DC Comics, Golden Age superheroes were active. And we're going to explore, via the Brave and Bold stories, his relationship with Batman, within those stories. Mm-hmm. And the contradictions and the implications and all of that stuff that each one of these throws up. It's going to be very messy. It's going to be very, very interesting, though. But a lot of fun. I can't wait, quite frankly. Yes. So, do you want to tell everyone about the cover to B&B issue 84?
0: I would be delighted. It has a yellow banner at the top saying "The Brave and Bold presents Batman and Sergeant Rock." And then we have Batman in the classic holding the corpse image that we have from <laughs> Crisis Infinite Earth Seven, from That Is of X Men. Basically, that classic look. Robin, Robin dies, dies at, at dawn. dawn.
1: Many, many others. Yes, Cenk, show
0: me a fanta. <laughs> <laughs> It's basically Batman standing looking pained as he's holding what appears to be the lifeless body of Sergeant Rock and the rest of Easy Company's corpses, it appears, are strewn around him.
1: It's an incredibly iconic cover.
0: Indeed. At the bottom, there is a big caption that says, Is this the end of Easy Company? And is Batman to blame? And there's a small signature in the bottom left-hand corner. David, what does that say there?
1: It says Neil Adams. And by my count, it's the 14th Neil Adams cover we've had, and this is the first episode we've recorded Mm -hmm. since the sad death of Neil Adams just a couple of weeks ago. Though That's true, yes. And, of course, we lost George Perez a week or two later. It's very, very sad. You know, I'm going to stick my neck out and say that I think Neil is... Is he my favourite comic artist of all time? I think he might be. And the story's drawn by him, which is nice to, to sort of savour and relish. And we know from when we... We did the issues of the Spectre that Neil was involved in. that We're both big fans of him and stuff. So, Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Without wanting to sound too trite or corny, we're going to dedicate this episode to his memory. So thank you, Neil. Indeed, yes. This one's for you, for all the stories and everything you gave us. So much appreciated. Now, the cover was actually homaged again by Neil himself Ah. on the cover of issue 49 of the New 52 run of Action Comics, cover dated April 2016, because DC Comics did a month of Neil Adams variant covers where Neil homaged his own famous iconic images this one recreates the pose on the cover of issue 84 from b&b but instead of batman and sergeant rock it's superman and Supergirl. so obviously that has more spoilers connotations with the, the famous cover to crisis of infinite earth issue 7 so we'll, mm-hmm. we'll post that homage cover obviously on the socials so keep your eyes peeled for that one yes before we start the story listeners we should point out on the cover batman is standing and it's a very silver age batman mm-hmm. legs akimbo blue cape billowing But significantly, he has his chest logo of the Bat symbol surrounded by the yellow oval. Just bear that Mm in mind, because that is generally held to be the symbol for the Batman of Earth-1. As we get into the story properly, that becomes contentious. So let's see how we got on. So this story's actually narrated by Batman, which is a lot of fun. So is going to do all of the narration in his best Adam (laughs) West, which is going to be amazing. We start with an opening page, or the full- length figure of Batman standing and his cape billowing around, and the first panel of action takes place within the shadows of his billowing cape, It's very, very effective, but Batman starts us off by saying,
0: "This is Batman. I usually let others tell you my stories, but this one's a little special. It concerns a Sergeant Rock,
1: and it started one night in the Gotham Museum so this is first panel." shows Bruce Wayne wearing a long coat. Walking along, beside another gentleman in a long coat. It looks as though they're in some sort of museum or at least storage place for artefacts because we can see some some Mm. large jars. There's a little statue of Archangel Gabriel blowing a horn on a plinth in front of them as they walk along. And this other fellow, who's with Bruce, is saying, there he is, Bruce, the Archangel Gabriel, smuggled out of Nazi-occupied France during World War II for safekeeping here in Gotham Museum. Now... After all these years, I got a call from someone finally claiming it. That's why I called you. He said he'd pick it up tonight, but he had a German accent, not a French one. As a museum curator, I'm paid to be suspicious. A
0: German accent, eh, Wyatt? It figures. If he shows up, don't let him have it, because the real Archangel's clock's still in France. This thing's a
1: fake. In this second panel of page one, we can see lurking in the shadows a figure with close-cropped hair with a pistol held up to the side of his face. And this figure is watching and thinking. This Luger is no fake. And with those words, you have ensured your own deaths. Wyatt replies to Bruce. Hmm, did you hear a noise back there? We turn to page two and there's a nice little arrangement of panels here as each panel has a sort of rippled effect, as if it's formed out of smoke. So panel one then of this little sequence. Close shot of the Archangel Gabriel blowing his horn. And there's a thwack! Sound effect, as something drops down and strikes Wyatt, Bruce Wayne turns and looks, moves forward, goes to see if he's okay, and in the next panel, a hand bearing a pistol looms into view. Bruce says, Wyatt, something struck him. He's hurt badly. He looks up, sees the gun pointing at him, and the man bearing the gun says, "Yavol, but not as badly as you will be if you don't cooperate. Bruce is appalled, he cries, You! It can't be you! Von Stoffen! You Schwein, you know me? A pity. It is that knowledge that you will take to your grave. We then get a close up of Batman. This is Sony Ladams at Hearts, as his narration continues
0: They say when a man is about to die his whole life flashes before him, but my life has been more crowded than most. One part, one untold chapter which began with the Wail of Sirens in wartime London, came to me in my case file labelled the, the angel, angel the, the rock and, and the, the cowl. cowl.
1: Fantastic. So this little spread across pages two and three is rounded out with another rippled panel which shows London. At the height of the blitz, there's an airway going on, we can see burning buildings, searchlights, split in the sky, the cry of sirens, the big wee-oo. down at street level, we can see a motor car with its headlights beaming, and a man on the pavement cries, You blooming young idiot! Turn off those lights, there's a raid on. And the man inside the car says...
0: Is there? Next you'll tell me there's a war on, friend.
1: As he's getting out of this car, the Englishman who's there punches him out, crying, You playboy slacker! Bruce gets to his feet in the next panel, rubbing his jaw, and he says...
0: Is that a nice way to greet an old student, Digby? Bruce? Bruce Wayne? (laughs) What are you doing here? Enjoying the sights of wartime London until you belted me, Dig? Come on, let's find cover.
1: So we should probably describe Digby in this panel... Slightly older-looking man than Bruce Wayne. He looks a bit like Jim Corrigan, actually, with his quiff back, mm-hmm. red hair. In the next panel, there's a caption that says,
0: Moments later, in a nearby air raid shelter...
1: Yeah, we can see them down underground. We can see the rail tracks behind them, people up on the platform. No one looks too happy, as you'd expect. Digby's like a cigarette, and as he does so, he's saying, From school to playboy, eh, Bruce? Your own country's helping us finish off the Nazis. Why aren't you doing your bit?
0: Got to look after the Wayne interest, Dig. No time for playing soldier...
1: And then the final panel of page three is a shot of Bruce Wayne looking very moody, as he thinks. Can't tell him that, as Batman, I'm working
0: for Uncle Sam tracking down war saboteurs, and that I'm here observing British methods using my Wayne identity as a cover. But I sure wish I could change that look in his eye.
1: Yes, Digby probably looks a bit disapproving. Now, this is this where is, we have to kind of stake our colours to the mast immediately here. This story is set during World War II, Bruce Wayne is present as an adult and working as Batman, so this is essentially an adventure of the Golden Age Batman. It has to be. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs>
0: we will discuss at the end of the tale.
1: As usual, we just take the evidence of the story in front of our eyes. Mike's Amazing World has an assertion that I throw out completely, which we'll probably discuss. <laughs> no one to it, it's probably what he's going to suggest. <laughs> For a story set during World War II, this is what I'm convinced is happening. Anyway, so we turn the page, top of page four. The caption for the first panel: Batman the Rates. Then,
0: as we left the shelter, a Nazi V2 buzz bomb streaked down.
1: Yes, there's a massive buzz blam bomb. explosion going off that strikes Digby and strikes Bruce Wayne. Digby's down in the ground. In the next panel, he's not doing too well. Bruce cradles him as Digby says, "I've bought it, Bruce. My mission important. Didn't have time report to my superiors. You must tell them something odd about the wine." At Chateau don't fail. I'll I'll tell them, Dig. Cheerio. Slacker. And Digby breathes his last. The caption for the next panel.
0: Next day at number 10 Downing Street.
1: Bruce Wayne is in conversation with none other than Prime Minister Winston Churchill. Prime Minister saying, His Majesty's government appreciates greatly the information you have brought, Mr. Wayne. Your late friend Digby Palmer was one of our agents making secret paradrops into occupied France. The next panel shows the PM standing in front of a big chart on the wall. He's continuing, saying, Our invasion of Europe is nigh. Mr. Palmer was attempting to find out what countermeasures the enemy is preparing. We believe he stumbled onto something important at Chateau Rouge. Since you have volunteered to complete Palmer's mission, perhaps you can discover what is odd about the wine at Chateau Rouge. The lives of millions may depend on your success. I'll
0: do my best, Mr. Minister.
1: <laughs> Mr. Minister. No, Mr. Churchill.
0: <laughs> Later, in my hotel room...
1: Yes, we see Bruce looking very dapper, very thin and svelte, clearly a man... In the prime of life and the peak of his youthful, superheroic career, he's lifting his Batman costume out of his suitcase as he says out loud, D-Day,
0: the invasion, is at dawn the day after tomorrow. Not much time to finish Digby's mission. I'll be posing as a French businessman, but something tells
1: me this will come in real handy. Yep, he's glad that he packed his bat costume. So, the first panel of page five.
0: That night, at a small airfield...
1: A motorcycle roars into action and we see that Bruce Wayne is riding the motorbike and he's following an aeroplane that has United States markings. As he zooms along, he's thinking,
0: Keeping up my playboy pose to throw off enemy agents is making me miss my plane.
1: The next panel shows that he's managed to catch up with the plane as an open hatch and a buff, strong, muscular military arm is reaching down to help him onto the plane. We can see that the the sleeves have been torn off. It's a very recognisable look. It's none other than Sergeant Frank Rock, who as he grabs hold of Bruce's hand says, Gotcha, Buster. Bruce has been helped into the plane. In the next panel, looking very smart, pink carnation and everything, tuxedo,
0: looking very Pierce Brosnan and James Bond.
1: Yes, very James Bond, actually. The Rock is saying, "Well, I fancy Dan. Gonna do a little spy. And now the party's over." He indicates with his thumb the soldier standing behind him. We can see wild man with his vivid red moustache and beard. A couple of other ones. Rock says, "I'm Sergeant Rock, U.S. Army." And these are the fighting joes of Easy Company. You got a name, fancy Dan? Why, uh,
0: Pimpernel. uh, Jack Pimpernel.
1: The Rock looks sceptical, as Bruce Wayne thinks. Uh Oh, I
0: hope this goon didn't read the Scarlet Pimpernel, or he'll have guessed I lied. Looks like we're going to the same place, Sergeant. Chateau Rouge.
1: Yeah, but for different reasons. We're going to blow the bridge at Chateau Rouge. You're going to stumble foot around and probably get into trouble. Bruce has shown now taking off his dinner jacket, as he says.
0: Don't worry, Sergeant, I can take care of myself. My only problem will be worrying about Easy Company, bumbling about the countryside and giving away my mission.
1: And if you do, Jack, don't expect Easy to pull you out of it. we got a job to do, and that comes first. So, you're on top of page six now. Caption for the first panel very simply says... Shortly... You can see that Sergeant Rock has his parachute straps now visible. Bruce has put one on as well. Sergeant's in the process of saying, sure you don't want us to show you how it's done? I'll manage, Sarge. And in the next panel, Bruce opens the door to take the leap and an enemy plane suddenly strafes their vehicle. Bruce says, I yell! Yeah, yes, a rat attack takes place. Panel three, he reaches forward, grabs a grenade from the front of Sergeant Rock saying,
0: Excuse it, Sarge, I need this grenade.
1: In the next panel, he hurls it towards the, the enemy fighter that's still firing on them. In the next panel, there's a massive... Brow. Very well done, Bats, you've taken that out. And the final panel of page six shows a close-up of the little internal communications box as a voice cries... Ten seconds to jump on signal. And it continues in the first panel of page seven. Jump! 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 And Bruce Wayne is first out, saying... Thanks for the loan of the grenade,
0: Sarge. I owe you one explosion.
1: Panel two. Very effective shot. You see the silhouette of the aeroplane as it flies overhead and all the parachutes as... Bruce Wayne and the sergeant and the rest of Easy Company, all parachute down. There's a very helpful caption, which also says,
0: Chateau Rouge, the only witness to the paradrop is the Archangel Gabriel, sounding the late, late hour.
1: Yep, statue of Gabriel. We can see the next panel, it's the top o'clock, so presumably that's the one that we saw at the start of the story. A caption for panel 3 of page 7 says,
0: Moments later...
1: And we see that Bruce Wayne, in a very comedy style has managed to get his parachute tangled up, on the wings of Angel Gabriel, and he's just hanging in mid-air. Sergeant Rock calls up to him. Nice landing, Jack. Looks like you missed a lesson in that playboy spy school.
0: Be a pussycat, Sergeant. Help me down before Gabriel here blows the last reveille. I've got a date with the Colonel von Stoffen.
1: Tiny caption tells us we we'll are continued the next page following, but that's utterly pointless because we can see that now. <laughs> this next page is again narrated by Batman in full rig, and he's saying...
0: In the woods just outside Chateau Rouge, I parted company with Sergeant Rock and Easy. His job was to avoid the enemy while he carried out his mission, and my job was to knock on the enemy's front door and introduce
1: myself. It's a very interesting, very striking image here. Bruce in civvies. He's wearing glasses, which makes him look very much like Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Waving off the joes of Easy Company as they wander off. And in the background, there's what looks like a very large house or castle. It's obviously, it's the chateau, which in turn, obviously, take a drink, has a full moon looming behind it. Mm-hmm. And as Bats and the rocks and his guys take the leaf from each other, Bruce Wayne cries,
0: If we meet again, call me Monsieur Le Duc.
1: Okay, Le Duc, remember, keep out of easy's way. So the inset panel too. So it's a lovely layout of this page. It's gorgeous. Well done, Neil. We can see the trappings of the Third Reich. There's a large swastika banner hanging on the wall behind Bruce Wayne. And in the foreground, polishing his monocle is a certain angry German officer who's in the process of saying, So, you're a wine merchant interested in buying the Chateau wine, yeah? It is German wine now, French dog, just as this Chateau is, this country, as the whole world will soon be.
0: Of course, mon colonel. Unlike other Frenchmen, I believe France's destiny is best served under your glorious Führer, Adolf Hitler.
1: Could I inspect the wine, we oui? And Bruce in disguise thinks, Whew, The things I have to say. Now in the next panel, a soldier's obviously brought a bottle of wine forward, but the colonel's unhappy. Shoves it away, saying to the soldier, Not that wine, not cough! Bring any other! At once! Schnell! The soldier replies, Ja, jawohl, mein Commandant, forgive me! And in the background, Bruce thinks, Pedert, that
0: wine's got to be what Digby was talking about. I must get a look at it. A close look.
1: And then a traditional bit of narration gives us for the next panel.
0: Unnoticed from his utility belt, Bruce produces a familiar object and...
1: Yes, he's revealed his batarang, he thinks.
0: There's my man. Got to create a diversion before that aide returns to the cellar.
1: (laughs) And the first panel of page nine is definitely going on Instagram. As very casually we see Batman (laughs) throwing the batarang out of an open window, and it strikes a German soldier in the back of the head with a thunk, who drops his gun and falls forward unconscious. A full moon looms in the background. Panel two, we're back inside the chateau. A soldier runs forward, saying to the colonel, One of the sentries has been struck at his post. Ach, it must be the infernal resistance again. Le Duc, remain here. Lieutenant, come with me. They march off. Bruce thinks, Perfect. Now to get to that wine cellar. He narrates the next panel, saying, I quickly darted down to the wine cellars. Yes, and we see Bruce arriving, and they look huge. There's candles in the wall, lighting them all up, rows and rows and rows of bottles, and
0: I want to go to there. Mm.
1: Yes, of course you do. And massive barrels at the front. Bruce is thinking,
0: Talk about needles in a haystack. How do I find that particular bottle in all this?
1: Yes, well, as people always say, the best place to hide are trees in the forest. Mm. Panel four shows one bottle, very conspicuously in the middle of the floor. Bruce beholds it and says, The
0: bottle that the guard had. He forgot to put it in its niche.
1: He's picked it up and he's having a closer look in the final panel of page nine, as he thinks.
0: Chateau Rouge Supreme. This is it, the stuff that got stuff and Riled. What luck. But it's empty. Never had any wine in it, and all these others with the same label are empty too. Good blazes, this is it. What the Prime Minister hinted at. Nerve gas. Stored in these wine bottles so Allied Intelligence wouldn't
1: get wise. But poor Digby did get wise. Gosh. Top of page ten. Things take a slightly dodgy turn. As a voice comes from the top of the stairs leading down saying. Search the wine cellar. Bruce recoils thinking.
0: Uh-oh. Von Stauffen. Pierre Leduc can't be found here.
1: The rest of page 10 and the start of page 11 is then taken up as Bruce has changed into his Batman uniform. And I will draw Peter's attention to the fact that in panel two, we see the Batman logo and there is no sign of a yellow oval surrounding the Bat logo.
2: Mm-hmm. Correct.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Batman has a tussle with some German soldiers, flings them around, knocks them down, and in the first panel of page 11, he looks down over a couple of unconscious German soldiers, and again we see a good look at his chest symbol, there's no sign of the yellow oval. There we go. Bruce narrates the next panel. I again became Pierre Le Duc. We see Pierre, with his glasses back on, looking very much like Clark Kent, and the colonel has him by the scruff of the coat. Pierre is saying, I was hiding, Montcolonel. I was afraid there might be shooting. You French swine! Ah. But I have more important problems. It may not be the French resistance, but the Americana saboteurs preparing the way for the invasion. Hans, Herr Ludic is leaving. Let him out. The next panel, Pierre, a.k.a. Bruce, is lurking outside. We can see the jack-booted German soldiers inside, and the colonel can be heard saying, Atong! If any American soldiers are seen, we put Operation Barbarian into action at once. Jawohl, Herr Oberst! And from outside, as he listens... Bruce thinks, Operation
0: Barbarian has to be the nerve gas.
1: Von Stuffen's getting
0: suspicious. I must warn Sergeant
1: Rock. Now the next panel, we are suddenly back with Sergeant Rock and Easy Company. Pierre, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne, is making his way to them through the long grass. Rock spots him, brings his gun up, saying, Well, well, if it ain't little Jack Pimpernel, the spy guy, how's the peephole duty, chum? I came
0: here to tell you to lay low. Von Stuffen's getting wise.
1: Relax, playboy. We got our charges all planted. And our orders are we don't blow the bridge before dawn tomorrow so as not to tip the crowds about the invasion. And the final panel of page 11 is a close-up of Sure Shot of Easy Company as he cries, Rock, listen, plenty enemy pale faces highballing our way. First panel of page 12 is an aerial shot showing German troops manoeuvring and driving towards the bridge. The Rock and the others are hiding in the undergrowth beside. Sergeant Rock says, You called it, little Sure Shot. "'The crowds are searching for something.'
0: "'Afraid they're looking for me, Sergeant?'
1: "'Says Pierre, IK Bruce. "'In the next panel, Rock has grabbed Bruce by the scruff of his jacket. "'There's an awful lot of jackets being grabbed in this episode. "'The Rock is saying, "'What? You goof artist! "'If they find those charges, the whole mission's loused up. "'I would to bust you into the next war!' "'In the background, SureShot says, "'They're going to spot us in a minute, Sarge.' "'Right. Okay, guys, fan out. "'Make sure the Nazis don't find those charges.' Panel crack cracking, we see Rock and his soldiers in silhouettes. Pierre, a.k.a. Bruce, ducks forward away from them in the light. Bruce thinks, I've got to lead the Germans away before Easy gets into big trouble. And Bruce narrates the next panel, saying, But it is as Batman that I attempted my crucial diversion. A full moon looms as Batman leaps from a tree on a line and swings down over and takes out a German motorcyclist in sidecar. The German motorcyclist gets the astonishing line... (laughs) Ein Fledermalschmann! Scheisen! Scheisen! And as a great Buddha sound effect. And the final panel of page 12 is his sidecar passenger's machine gun goes off as Batman swings over and kicks them Now, the first panel of page 13, it does look as though there's an oval surrounding Batman's chest symbol as he leaps into the trees as the Germans fire after him. There's some lips and spings and zings. But equally, the way he is lit, very blanket and a very pale blue, the yellow oval that we may, might be expecting to see it is not too clear. Mm. Bruce narrates this panel, saying
0: Then, as more troops pursued me...
1: Yes, and as he makes his escape through the trees,
0: he's thinking Good. I've got the heat off easy now to get back to the chateau and figure out a way to cancel Operation Barbarian.
1: Batman's caption for panel two says
0: But as I ran across the village rooftops...
1: We see Batman arriving at the town square. We can see the Gabriel statue with the clock. It appears to be quarter past six. We can see some German soldiers forming a firing squad and pointing at presumably some local lads. Batman up on the roof. Thanks. Blazes.
0: ''French hostages about to be executed.''
1: He continues narrating
0: the next panel. ''Desperate as this mission was, I had to do something to stop the execution.''
1: As yes, he leaps forward towards the Gabriel Angel statue from down on the ground. One of the German officers cries, ''Fledermouse, man! Scheizen!'' Yes, and they'll fire at him. Bats ducks behind the statue saying, ''I
0: need you for cover, Gabe. I'm not bulletproof yet. And one way to do it is with my batarang.''
1: next panel's fantastic with a zip and a crack and a whack and a pock the hurtled batarang strikes the hands of the German soldiers of fire on them one of them says Himmel another one says Was ist los? yes and their guns are knocked from their hands and the final panel of page 13 in silhouette Batman leaps down and punches them all out very very effective I kind of want to put every panel yeah. of this page up in the socials but we'll see so <laughs> we arrive at the top of page 14 Batman is talking to the Frenchman from the square there's a chap with a hat who looks very much like the guy who plays Bucky in the MCU, it must be said. A couple of other chaps who look just like generic, Neil Adams, Punters, and one of them says, Merci, Monsieur Bathholme, merci, Batman says.
0: Why were they trying to execute you?
1: The devil von Steufen's orders, because we would not give up our gold and money. One of the other Frenchmen echoes this saying, We, oui. yes, the people of Rouge of all their gold, coins, jewellery, all valuables.
0: That's another crime he'll answer for after the liberation. Now, return to your homes, messieurs.
1: Listen, at this point, the Archangel Gabriel statue blows a little ta-ta-ta. There must be some timing mechanism with the clock, I'm guessing. Batman hears this and thinks,
0: Old Gabriel's reminding me I've got to get rid of that nerve gas somehow before D-Day dawns.
1: The caption for the next panel then says,
0: Meantime, in the cellars of the chateau...
1: Yes, two members of Easy Company, Wildman, the aforementioned red-haired fellow, and Bulldozer, who's just a really big lad. They're exploring. Found all the bottles of wine. Wildman, he's saying.
0: Bulldozer. Rock would boil us in our own mess kits if he knew we came this far upstream.
1: Relax, Wildman. We are due to blow the bridge till dawn. Hey, look, Chateau Rouge Supreme. My uncle's favourite wine. He'd love a bottle. And in the next panel, Bulldozer's making a grab for a bottle, but then we hear click, click, click coming down the steps, and Wildman says, Krauts, coming down the stairs! Quick, grab a bottle and bug out! So we arrive at the top of page 15, the caption for the first panel says,
0: Moments later, exiting the way they came.
1: and we can see that there's a bar over some windows that's been filed and shoved to the side, and the two soldiers climb back out and go into the dinghy that they were in, And a couple of veep, veep sound effects as the bullets that are firing at them slip past into the water. And as they start paddling, a voice from up above cries, Americanos! And Wildman says, We're spotted. Paddle bulldozer, paddle. The final panel of page 15 is a close-up of the colonel looking absolutely deranged as he fires after them, crying, Do not kill them! Catches them! I must question them! A couple of large pow-pows and a tiny caption says, Continued, on the second page following. Over the page is an advertisement for the issue of Showcase featuring Nightmaster, Ooh. and another advertisement for issue 189 of The Flash, which is Joe Kubert drawing superheroes, which doesn't appeal to me in the slightest, I can't lie. Gasp. Look at it, though. That does not look like Wally West. That does not look like Barry Allen. It's horrible. <laughs> Sorry, Joe, no offence. I think you're genius. You know, I really do, but drawing superheroes, it doesn't work for me. It's
0: another one of these crying Barry Allen covers you get in yeah. Flash. Around this period, there's loads of them.
1: Come on, Barry, cheer up, goth. Right, top of page 16, the first panel shows Batman running towards the chateau. You can see Wildman and Bulldozer in their little dinghy. We can see the drawbridge for the chateau is down, and some soldiers running out from it. As he runs towards this situation, Batman is thinking,
0: Oh no, those two lunkheads have tipped von Stufen for sure that easy's around. Got to get him out of here. Got to raise that sluice gate.
1: And we can see to the right of this first panel of page 16, there's a bit of a mechanism going on, and that's obviously what the sluice gate is. Panel 2, very traditional Neil Adams unusual layout. Batman has jumped forward onto the sort of, I don't know what you call it. Lever? Yeah, the lever if you like. And he's raised the sluice gate, which means more water is flowing out from the moat. As he's doing this, the bullets are zapping and hitting all around him. Batman thinks, That should create
0: enough current.
1: And sure enough, it has worked. Because the next panel shows the gate lifted, the water flowing quickly, and we see Bulldozer and Wildman man. Zooming to safety, Bulldozer says, Hey, we're going faster than pie in a chow line, and the older man says,
0: Yeah, and right away from those crowds. Whew.
1: The next panel is a close up of the colonel. He's always permanently angry, he's screaming, They've escaped! Helped by that kate madman, whoever he is. This means the Allied invasion must be due any hour. Begin Operation Barbarian immediately and lurking among what looks like a very House of Mystery gargoyle up above him mm. is Batman, and we'll be honest here, there's an indication of an oval around his chest symbol. Bruce thinks, The fat's really in the fire now. Must get rid of that nerve gas before
0: they get it to the landing beaches.
1: The first couple of panels of page 17 show Batman rushing away from the roof, and the caption for panel 3 says,
0: But in the wine cellar,
1: we see the Cape Crusader. No indication of his chest symbol, because he's all shrouded looking at the wine racks, thinking, What's
0: this? Two bottles missing. Those two chuckleheads swiped them. I've got to get them back before that gas wipes out all of Easy Company.
1: Uh-oh. Caption for panel four. Meanwhile? Yes, we're back with the rock and Easy Company. We can see Sure Shot standing with all his feathers behind rock as the sergeant saying, Bulldogs are and wild wild are missing. Come on. we got to find those two eggs before the crowds do, or the whole mission's goofed. And as a slow dissolve, we're with the aforementioned bulldozer and wild man. Bulldozer's trying to get the cap off the bottle as he's saying, Hey, wild man, I just wanted to taste this, but I can't get this crummy cork out. The other guy says, Forget it. I'll break this one open against a tree. Save that one for your uncle. But then in the next panel, something swoops down and both bottles are removed from their hands. Wild man says, Huh? And bulldozer says, What? And at the top of age 18, we see Batman, with a cord around his feet and ankles, swooping This is a fantastic panel, he looks insane Mm-hmm. Swooping up into the trees, bearing the bottles, and he thinks They don't
0: come any closer than that
1: And we drop back down to Bulldozer and Wildman, in the next panel They're in each other's face, Bulldozer's yelling My bottle! You swiped mine! What? Why, you big gorilla, you swiped mine! And then Sergeant Rock arrives in the next panel and bangs their heads together, saying, "'Knock it off, clowns! I ought to court-martial you!' Tremendous. Then the sergeant continues in the next panel, saying, "'Don't you know how important this mission is? Wait a minute! What's that?' The bulldozer replies, saying, "'Tank, Sarge! Come in this way! It's between us and the bridge! We can't avoid it!' And up in the tree above them, Kate billowing behind him, no sign of his chest symbol, is Batman! Yes, and it is a tank! Batman thinks!' "'It's von Stoffen!' Gosh, a close-up of Sergeant Rock in the next panel as he yells, All right, you cream puffs, this mission's been a free ride up to now. Let's start earning our pay. Forward! In the next panel, we see Batman rushing into action from the tree, and he's thinking,
0: If I can get there before Rock.
1: And we can see the bat symbol on his chest, but there's no sign of an oval. The first panel of page 19 shows the tank clanking its way forward, and Sergeant Rock and the Joseph of Company all lining up, Sure Shot says, Hey, Sarge, look! Smoke bombs! Somebody's given us cover! Yeah, and we can see clouds of smoke starting to billow up around them. and They're much thicker in the next panel as we see some clank, pow and blam and kapow sound effects as the, the soldiers of Easy Company move forward into the smoke and start hand-to-hand with the Germans. Panel three, we see the tank emerging from the, the smoke. And up on top of the tank is Colonel von Schofen, and he's crying, Schweinhund! they're escaping, and it grows too dark for pursuit! This proves the invasion is only hours away. Return to the chateau. Operation Barbarian must be speeded up. And then we can see, clinging to the bottom of the tank, is Batman. No sign of a yellow oval around his chest symbol, as he thinks. Easy's okay, but now my mission's coming up to zero hour. Zero hour, of course, being the, the contentious, and some might say poorly executed, 1994 sequel to Crisis. Mm-hmm. I believe that the the Zero Hour Crisis and Time podcast has just released its final episode. See what you think of that podcast, check it out. So, the caption for the final panel of page 19 says...
0: But after we reached the old chateau...
1: Batman's again up in the gargoyles looking down at what's going on. And we can see down in the ground a series of horse and carts pulling along hay in the carts behind them. One of them's crossing the drawbridge, and the colonel standing addressing... As first, it looks as like though it's been driven by a soldier because he has his arm raised in the, the salute. The colonel returns the salute, saying, Excellent! The hay will reach the beach bunkers before dawn! Then he raises his voice, saying, For the greater glory of our Fuhrer and the Reich, let Operation Barbarian roll! And Batman's thinking, I'm
0: too late! The gas is in the hay, and I can't tackle all those guards single handed. There's just one play I can make.
1: And so, we arrive at the top of page 20. The caption for the first panel says, Shortly... And we see Batman back in his Bruce Wayne civvies in conversation with Sergeant Rock. Sergeant Rock is saying, You want us to blow the bridge when some hay carts go over? you flipped your skull, Jack. That bridge doesn't go over a second before dawn.
0: You've got to listen to me, Rock. What's coming over that bridge can stop the whole invasion cold. I'm countermanding your orders. I have the authority, believe me.
1: You kidding? No keyhole soldier countermands my orders. They come from the top. Jackie, bulldozer, put this guy under company arrest. In the background, we can see the detonator that's been set up to blow the bridge. But then, from off camera, one of Easy Company cries, Rock, something coming. The next panel, it's almost as if Easy Company themselves are up in the trees, hiding, watching a bridge, and we can see the hay carts coming towards them. And amongst the silhouetted forms is Bruce Wayne, we can tell by the little kiss curl. And he says,
0: There, I told you. A Nazi convoy moving to the D-Day beaches with a super weapon.
1: Sergeant Rock says, Hey carts and French farmers is all I see, Jack. Hold them guys so he doesn't try something. But Bruce isn't having it as some of the other soldiers move forward. Bruce punches Sergeant Rock himself, send him flying back to the POW. Bruce says,
0: You tyrant in a tin pot. I'm countermanding those three stripes with this.
1: And Jackie, one of the soldiers in Easy Company, he's very impressed. He says, Wow, what a beautiful left. And the next panel, Rock, still on the ground, setting up, he cries For the love of Ike, stop him! And Bruce has hurled himself forward in the foreground of the panel with a zing, he lands on top of the detonator, bringing the activator down. The first panel of page 21 has a massive BALLER Yeah, massive explosion. We can see the wheels of the hay carts flying up into the air, flames everywhere, debris flying down into the river, and an insert Panel rock, let up by the flames, says, Man, you'd better be right about this, Jack. You'd better be right. Caption for the next panel says,
0: And where only the armour of the Tiger tank had saved his own skin.
1: Yep, it's the colonel. We can see clouds billowing in front of him as he says, Himmel, gone. All the gas blown into the atmosphere. I failed. The Führer will have me shot. I must get away before the Allies take this place. I must save myself. Now, the next panel, we're back with Easy Company. As someone says... Huh? Wine bottle bits raining down like flak fallout. He was right, Sarge. Look, Nazi gun parts. We can see amongst the bottles there's some other bits than Bob's. Bruce contributes to this conversation, saying...
0: Now do you believe that that was no innocent hayride?
1: Sergeant Rock's not happy. He replies, saying... You were right, playboy. But I can't let you go round belting sergeants. It's, it's a bad example, so no hard feelings and with that he punches out bruce wayne fantastic page 21 ends with a tiny caption saying continued in the second page following and the first panel of page 22 shows bruce wayne rubbing his jaw saying okay Sarge, we're even you then bruce is distracted he thinks Uh uh-oh coming down on a shoot and he lunges forward on the second panel shoving rock out of the way bruce cries look out Oomph, says the sergeant, As a massive thud as a huge piece of American military armament lands on the ground beside them. <laughs> they're Both on the ground in the next panel. Rock's looking up at the sky saying, A US Army field piece. The invasion. It's begun.
0: Right, Rock. And we've both completed our missions with one blow.
1: You know, you're okay for a playboy spy. You saved my skin just now, and someday I'll repay you. And then this panel ripples out as we return to the present day as Batman narrates,
0: It took barely an instant for all those memories to flood back to me. And in that instant, von Stufen's gun did not waver one inch from my heart.
1: Yes, we're back in the present day. Bruce, standing, looking pained. Von Stufen, is here now white after all the years, pointing a pistol at him as Bruce says,
0: Von Stufen, you survived the bridge, the war, but what are you doing here in Gotham City?
1: i do not know how you know me schwein but yeah, i survived the war hunted and hiding like an animal i have waited until it was safe now i have come for my golden angel he will let me live like a king in south america ha ha
0: the angel of course the real one would have been missed after the liberation but this one's a fake shipped out of france by you and underneath that paint it's solid gold the gold you stole from the people of Chateau Rouge.
1: First panel, of page 23. You can see that Ernstufen is bringing his pestle up to bear on Bruce Wayne. He says, You're very clever, but it does you no good. Now, you and your unconscious friend must die. Bruce thinks,
0: I must stop him, make him pay for his crimes, but he's coiled around that trigger like a cobra. I haven't a chance.
1: Caption for panel two. But suddenly... A uniformed arm reaches forward grabs Von Schufen by the mouth and slams him back into the wall with a clong. And a voice blowing to this arm says, Okay, Ratsy, the game's over. Bruce Wayne is astonished. He exclaims, Sergeant Rock, I, I can't believe it. Hiya, Jack, buddy. Long time no see. But where in blazes did you pop from? We can see it, Sergeant Rock here, wearing a, more of a dress uniform. Looking older, his hair's gone white. The next panel shows Von Schufen out for a the ground, as Sergeant Rock continues. I'm flying from Europe on furlough when I see this son of the swastika in the next seat. I remember. He's a wanted war criminal, so I follow him here.
0: What a fantastic lucky break for me, Rock. Another second and... thanks.
1: Forget it, pal. You saved my hide back at Shadow Roge. Now we're even.
0: So, you're still in the army?
1: Sure. I'm a 30-year man. The army's my home and he's my family. How about you? Still keyhole peeking? Uh, why, yes, I'm a private investigator now, Rock. So we arrive in the final story page. Wyatt is regaining consciousness. Hand up to his head, Bruce helping him to his feet. Rock continues, saying, Looks like your friend will be okay. Well, I gotta move out, Jack. You can get rid of this Netsy garbage. Take care of yourself, pal.
0: So long, Rock, and you take good care of yourself. And easy company, too.
1: Captain for the final panel proper says.
0: And as Rock left the man he knows only as Jack Pimpernel. Yes,
1: we a proper good shot of the, the older Sergeant Rock as he walks away. Bruce watches him go, thinking.
0: Look at him. Tough. Indestructible. Uncle Sam's got nothing to worry about with men like him defending America.
1: And we round out with a shot of a smiling Batman who gives us a little bit more narration as he says.
0: My file labelled The Angel, The Rock and The Cowl can finally be stamped case closed. Even now I find it sending hard to believe. Thanks for letting me tell it to you personally
1: oh you're welcome bats and a final non-batman narrated caption says
0: and as the call they'll never top this one goes echoing down the halls we say dear reader this issue of B&B was just done to prepare you for our next phantasmagorical delight gosh and although it doesn't say it the, the end. end
1: well what would you think of that then
0: that's very exciting i really enjoyed that yeah
1: it was i loved it yes didn't pick up on it the first time I read it, but I love how the fact that at no point does the Batman reveal himself to Easy Company.
0: No, Always in the Shadows, yes.
1: Operates around and all that sort of stuff. I think that mm-hmm. was that was a nice touch, because technically it is Batman and Sergeant Rock yeah. in the same story, and obviously there's nothing... Nothing like what happens on the cover. <laughs> no,
0: definitely not. No. Takes place,
1: which is tremendous. <laughs> I'm very amused by that. Yeah. Maybe that's what might have happened if Batman hadn't been so effective. True. So, in some ways, it's a fairly generic running about spying mm-hmm. story. I mean, there's some good humour with the, the soldiers and the, the wine cellar and stuff. Yeah. Do you echo my assertion that this is happening enough too?
0: Yet, with all the evidence given, it does seem to be an Earth 2 story, which is interesting. It's also interesting that Sergeant Rock is alive and an older man at the end, which is yes. contrary to what uh, Robert Kaniger had envisaged. Yes. But yet, basically the yellow oval is hardly seen at all. You do sometimes see an oval shape yeah. around the symbol, yeah, but there's no yellowing to it. You only see the yellow oval on the cover. And on the narrative kind of splash character page on the splash page, yes. But apart from that, there is no yellow, as you said. There's several panels that do have an oval, mm-hmm. but there's not any yellow tint to Yeah. What I find hilarious as well is at the very back, the very last page of this comic has got an advert for this very issue, which is hilarious.
1: Oh, so it does. <laughs> I didn't realise that. Yeah.
0: So if you if you're reading this, you thought that looks really good. I'll pick it up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Because there's the letters page after the final, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's talking about the Flash and Creeper issues of Breathe the Bold that have been out recently. Mm. There's a, an advertisement for the giant issue 213 of Batman, and indeed around the page is, is the house ad for this very issue, which by now, listeners, you will have seen on the socials. Yes, that's quite amusing, actually. It's something yeah. unusual at this point for the actual house ad for a comic to appear in the comic that it was being published in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I just want to go back to what you said about Rock being alive after the war and how that wasn't what Kaniger mm-hmm. had um, intended Is it the case then that on Earth 1, Sergeant Rock died and the final bullet fired and on Earth 2, he didn't? Could be. As I said at the top, we're doing all the Batman, Sergeant Rock B&Bs because we want to try and figure out what the through line is, what the consistency is, and the relationship Mm. and dynamic and the positioning of both characters in these stories. So at this point, if we're both prepared to agree that this, this is a flashback to a World War II adventure for Bruce Wayne, that means that Brave and Bold issue 84 is the first <laughs> appearance of the Earth-2 Batman in a proper story. So that's quite funny. The
0: evidence seems to imply that, yes.
1: Yeah. And also at this point, we're saying that Frank Rock is a career served soldier, as he said there, a 30-year man
2: mm-hmm.
1: who survived through World War Two and is still involved in the services. So with all that in mind, we'll have to consider all that when we do the next Brave and Bold that sergeant rock is in just in case mm-hmm. things are hinted out or suggested being a little different now there's one thing before we sort of move on from the, the slightly contentious aspect of it is the conceit of earth b is something that arises eventually yeah a suggestion that all of the stories in brave and bold take place on another earth outside the normal just because that then allows for all the inconsistencies and continuity yeah. and such like mm-hmm. but i think at the moment we can see this one is Earth too and i think i mentioned earlier on On Mike's Amazing World, that fantastic website that is so useful Mike asserts, based on the fact that the yellow oval is visible in the cover Uh on page one, he asserts that it's the Earth One Batman who has Mm time-travelled back via Professor What's-His-Face, the hypnotic time-traveller guy.
0: Professor Carter Nichols, yes.
1: Yes. I don't think we've encountered yet on the podcast, have we? We've
0: not, no, no. I've read a couple of those stories, yeah.
1: We might never see him, but you never know. And Mm -hmm. I don't agree with Mike on this assertion. You know, there's nothing to suggest that whatsoever.
0: No, not at all.
1: I mean, there's the Batman and Scalp Hunter issue. Which mm-hmm. features the the professor? That's
0: correct. Yeah.
1: If the professor had appeared, I wouldn't have minded. I've gone right. Well, this is clearly what's happening. But the fact that mm-hmm. it, Batman at the beginning the rate it that it flashes back to his youth in World War Two, where he is also it's this is this is for me. This is the original Kate Crusader for me. Yes. Yeah. So we shall see how these things develop. Anything else you want to say about the story, Pete?
0: Yeah. It's interesting that Bruce Wayne is working undercover for Uncle Sam. Yes. And has been sent there on a mission. That's so unusual.
1: What he says, Uncle Sam. Does he mean that metaphorical working for the United States government or does he mean Uncle Sam, the quality comic superhero who we will meet as a member of the Freedom Fighters?
0: Can you imagine?
1: I can imagine.
0: That's something I hadn't even considered. That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> I think our Twitter pal, the, the multiverse historian, must have thought about that at some point. I'm sure he would agree with us that it's... A real reference to Uncle Sam, the character. Excellent. Batman was a prototype <laughs> freedom fighter. There you go. I like it. Before the original line up. It would be after the mm-hmm. original lineup actually by this point, because if we're in at the thick of the war you know, this is beyond the formation of the group that we see in All-Star Squadron way, way in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I like to think it meant the real Uncle Sam. <laughs> I might have to conjure an image up with three action figures <laughs> for less. I think.
0: I'm also wondering, because of the setting of this, because it's actually firmly set just before and just during D-Day, I wonder if there are any other Sergeant Rock stories that are actually yeah. based around that time. Ooh. I'm sure Rich from the Weird Warriors podcast would be able to tell us that.
1: That's very interesting. You know, I can't think off the top of my head. I do have a lot of war comics. he have got a massive run of air-fighting forces and the losers and quite a lot of GI combat and a you know, reasonable amount of Sergeant Rocks. But I don't remember yeah. coming across a D-Day story before in mm-hmm. any of them. So that's very interesting to bear in mind. As you say, maybe Max and Rich will have a better idea. Maybe they could tell us. If you're listening, guys, yes. please let us know.
0: Yes, please do. But yeah, as I said, really fun story. Really enjoyed it. The artwork is sensational. Yes. Some of the layouts are just fantastic. And again... We've talked about it a lot recently, the colours and the use of shadows and everything in this are just so vibrant now.
1: Yes, absolutely. As I said, there's, there's the shot of um of the Colonel firing down at Wildman and Bulldozer mm-hmm. when he's lit up almost by the, the flame from the gun mm-hmm. and it's stunning. And then all the moody shots, as we said, of Batman running through the trees and such, like, great use of silhouette and you can tell it's taking place at night because of the muted colours. Yep. There's Again, because it's Neil Adams, there's great use of close-ups and stuff. It's brilliant. Indeed, yeah. He does a good Winston Churchill, it must be said. He
0: does, actually, yes. He's great. And of course, because it's a Bob Haney story, it's just tons of fun. It's just, there's so much action and drama and yeah. twists. I mean, nerve gas and wine bottles, what?
1: Fantastic. I know, that's brilliant, isn't it? Madness. Yeah. Love it. I know. <laughs> Because people always talk about zany, heiny, mm-hmm. but this was actually a really good sort of rollicking mm-hmm. World War Two adventure more than anything else. It wasn't too out there. It's it. almost
0: kind of Mission Impossible, like with Batman sneaking around yes. as the actual soldiers are doing their soldiering. Yes. And he's basically setting up all the pieces and fixing things behind the scenes. It's really cool, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think as I said already, I love the fact that he didn't reveal himself yeah. to them and that they weren't aware that he was even there. That's, that's sublime. That's
0: one to bear in mind for the next time Batman and Sergeant Rock meet up.
1: Yes, that's true. Mm. Because, yeah, as far as they're concerned, there's no mention in that story of of them actually having met and Mm -hmm. Sergeant Rock having any kind of relationship with Batman. He he Mm recognised Pierre or Jack, Mm -hmm. as he called him, Bruce. That's very interesting.
0: Jack Pimpernel, the worst pseudonym you can come up with, Bruce. Come on, you're better than that.
1: It really is. It's not very good, is it?
0: (laughs) My name's Gordon Commissioner. You could have said that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anything yes.
0: we be do better than Jack Pimper now?
1: Yes. Hello, my
0: name is Mr. Burns. I believe you have a letter for me.
1: Okay. Um, what's your first name, Mr. Burns?
0: I don't know. My <laughs> favorite bit from The Simpsons ever.
1: It's my joint favorite bit from <laughs> The Simpsons ever, alongside David Crosby. I'm your biggest fan. Oh, you like my music? You're a musician. <laughs> that gets me. Here we are. No, it's a lot of fun. I mean, as we said at the top, there are a few Batman and Sergeant Rock mm-hmm. stories. One which is undoubtedly set in World War mm-hmm. II, because it has on the cover, it has Batman with a big chest symbol minus a yellow oval, and it's undoubtedly on Earth 2 during World yeah. War Two. Um, and there's a few other ones which feature the kind of older Sergeant Rock. So It will be interesting to see how they play out, and as, they, as Pete said, if they address the relationship.
0: Yeah, it's going to be tons of fun.
1: Shall we jump to the letters page then?
0: Let's jump to the very sparse letters page, because there's not a lot mm. to be said here. In fact, the whole concept of the Earth isn't even mentioned. Gosh. So, skipping ahead to Brave and Bold issue 87, which is Batman and the new Wonder Woman team up, which is a lot of fun. Interesting. The first letter says Dear editor, Brave and Bold 84 was a sensational saga. I've never seen anything like The Angel, The Rock, and The Cowl, but one thing disturbed me. Sergeant Rock and Colonel Van Stoffen were shown ageing, but Bruce remained the same. What happened? And that's from Roger Case from Wabash, Indiana.
1: And the editorial response says, Nothing happened unless your eyes deceived you. We intimated that Bruce had just graduated from college. That's true, I suppose, the Mm -hmm. conversation with Digby and all that. And Neil necessarily took special pains to depict a slimmer and more youthful Batman, basing him on the character as originally conceived by Bob Kane. See, that immediately is causing trouble. (laughs) As far as it being the Earth 2 Batman. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he was been, he was active since, what, 1938 and was an adult and had Robin kicking about and all this. And then this was D-Day, which is towards the end of the yeah. war. Mm, interesting. Okay.
0: Also, with Bruce not having aged that much, that could be part of the fact he's exposed to the Ian Carcull shadow energies in that All-Star Squadron annual.
1: Yes! <laughs> yes, spoilers!
0: <laughs> which was used to explain the way why the Earth 2 heroes didn't age very much.
1: <laughs> spoilers for All-Star Squadron annual issue 3. Yes, that is years in our future at this point. It
0: certainly is.
1: Yes, the the next very short letter says, Dear Editor, Neil Adams has been credited with doing his own inking, but level with me. Didn't Joe Cooper actually ink Neil's pencils on issue 84's page 19? I just gotta know. And that's from Joe Jenkins, Toledo Oh, Is that from Ohio?
0: Ohio, I would say, yeah.
1: Let's quickly check page 19. Let's have a look. Page 16, 17, 17, 17. yes, yes. Those first two panels especially, now that you highlight it, those, yeah. are, those definitely look like Cooper yeah. pages. Very appropriate, I think, as it's showing Easy Company in action. That's a nice way of sort of blurring the edges of the mm-hmm. story. Yes, we might put those panels up in the socials so you can work mm-hmm. it out, kids. We might not. We'll see. Well, it depends on other ones. We decide. The editorial response then to that letter says...
0: So now you know, Joe. You too, Gary Skinner of Columbus, Ohio, Gary Wycart of East Islip, New York, and the whole clamouring, inquiring crowd around the country... It was jolting Joe Hubert who volunteered to give Neil a helping hand to beat an urgent deadline. Who but King Hubert himself could apply the masterful strokes to the characters of Easy Company that he himself had created? If we could only award him a medal for services rendered beyond the Call of Duty. Editor. Marvellous. And the last letter says, Dear Editor, Pardon my ignorance, but until Batman paired up with Sergeant Rock, I'd never heard of either him or Easy Company. Now The Rock's a must on my buy list. Many thanks. And that's from Pat Ivers from Tacoma, Washington.
1: Superb. And the editorial response to that one is, You're welcome, Pat. Maybe The Rock will return the favour at some later date. Interesting. The rest of this letters page actually is taken up with suggestions. The readers would like to see teaming up with Batman, including... Animal Man, Immortal Man, Elongated Man, Dead Man, Hawkman, The Atom, Metal Men, Teen Titans. Mm -hmm. Some of them pop up, some of them don't. I would have loved a Batman and Immortal Man story.
2: Yes,
0: or Animal Man. Mm -hmm. Someone
1: else suggests The Silent Knight, The Viking Prince and Robin Hood, The Suicide Squad. That would have been interesting. Mm -hmm. The Viking Prince actually teamed up with Sergeant Rock. I might put those covers up
2: in my
1: Sergeant Rock gallery that I have planned for this episode. And this final thing that nicely rounds out the letters page and gives you a hint of what's going to be coming along very soon, listeners. Mike Goodman of Brooklyn, New York will have his wish come true sooner than expected. His ideal team-up of Batman and Wildcat will be coming up in a future regular issue. Well then.
0: So yes, we're both immensely looking forward to that issue.
1: We are very much so.
0: So that's what the readers thought. What did you think? Please get in touch. You can let us know at theearth2podcast at com. What earth do you think this is set on? Please let us know.
1: Yes, what are your thoughts? There's not going to be too many big, chewy debates about which Earth certain stories take place on, but this is certainly one of them, so we'll be very interested to hear what people think about which Earths the Batman and Sergeant Rock, indeed the Batman and Wildcat stories, are taking place on.
0: And as David said, we'll be putting lots of bonus content for this episode up on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram, we're at the Earth 2 Podcast, and on Twitter, we're at podcast underscore Earth 2, and it's the number two for all our social media.
1: Yes, I just want to give a quick shout out to Nick Jackson, who gave us some positive feedback on Twitter today on the day of recording. He'd just been listening to our Martian Manhunters episode. So thank mm. you for enjoying that, Nick. We appreciate you listening. Hope you've enjoyed this one too. Cheers, Nick. So once you've checked out the social medias for all the bonus content we've put together for each and every episode, you can go to whatever it is you receive your podcast and rate and review us positively. That'd be lovely. If you're feeling super generous, you could go to our coffee page and buy pizza at the price of a beverage. I think you'd appreciate that.
0: The subscription's due in two days. so with that i've been peter
1: and i've been david thank you for joining us we'll see you again very soon on the earth Earth podcast Podcast.
2: transmatter cube
1: activated return coordinates set for earth prime
0: perfect now to get to
1: that wine cellar the narrates the next panel, saying... I quickly darted down to the wine cellars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good This isn't it, listeners? <laughs> Amazing.
2: I'll, I'll do that again. I'll do that again.